It's time to check in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living. We take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. The Concierge for Better Living will help informed, intrigued, and interested listeners like you make better choices for yourselves and your loved ones. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Concierge for Better Living with your host, Doc Rob. Hello and good day. This is Doc Rob, Dr. Rob Streisfeld, your concierge to better living here at CannabisRadio.com, iHeartRadio, and other platforms sharing the good news, good information, education on better living, and of course uh, about this amazing plant, cannabis. It's uh, great to be back with you again. I hope everyone's enjoying some of the other archived episodes. Had some great guests on in the past. Have some great guests coming up in the future. And of course, have a wonderful guest coming back on today. It's my pleasure to in- to have Robin Griggs Lawrence, author extraordinaire, back on the show. Robin, how are you doing today? Thanks for coming back on. Thanks for having me. I'm great. It's great to be here. Wonderful. Yeah, it's been crazy. I'm sure you've been traveling. There's trade shows, there's conferences, there's lots of stuff happening. I'm dealing with a bunch of farmers trying to get their seeds in the ground out there in the hemp world. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a fun time. You know, it's summer of fun. I'm expecting it to be a lot. What's going on with you? I, you got a new book out. Uh, we had you on a while back to talk about um, a previous book you had, um, cannabis, the Cannabis Kitchen Cookbook. But today you've come out with a new one, Pot in Pans: A History of Eating Cannabis. Let's let's hear about this. What got you excited about this? I know you're a, a Love to be in the kitchen. So yes, yes, I do. Um, you know, this one is—it's very different. Um, you know, and I'm—I'm just kind of trying to keep ahead of the pack, I guess. Here, as uh, um, everybody kind of catches up with cannabis cuisine in 2015, uh, when the Cannabis Kitchen Cookbook first came out, that was pretty—that was pretty a little bit radical. It was pretty new. Um, and you know, since then we've, we're starting to see all sorts of different, uh, you know, iterations of cookbooks come out. Uh, so everything from, you know, how to sous vide with cannabis mm-hmm. uh, cuisine to, you know, everything, you know, all down the line. So, um, so this one is very much, it's a different project. It's, it's pretty much an academic book, although it's a crossover book. So it's a sort of, um, academic book that, uh, can also be, uh, you know, kind of a, a an intellectual beach read, if you will. But so what it is, is really taking a look, which someone's no one's done before, is taking a look at the history, not of cannabis, but of cannabis as an ingredient in food, and how it's been used throughout the ages, going back thousands and thousands of years to ancient China, to ancient Persia, um, as a really important and valued ingredient in food, uh, and then how we just kind of lost all of all touch with that when prohibition came, and so you know, looking at how it's uh, kind of returning as you know in an, in a more industrial form now in the modern age. I think it's great, and it's one of the things that excites me is uh, you know we both share a, a background in natural health and education. Right. Yep. But also culinary. I went to culinary school, and uh, you know, vegan, vegetarian, you know, culinary focus. Uh, mm-hmm. Back when it wasn't popular, uh, or not <laughs> as popular. Uh, yeah. And and for me, I've always looked at cannabis first and foremost. Basically, as to be a naturopathic doctor, as an herb, yes. as a vegetable, yes. and 
not so much in this highly processed, highly extracted, uh, you know, world that we're, we're, we're driving down. Mm-hmm. But um, I love that you pull back and say, no, let's go back. I always use this commentary. Someone said to me, and I haven't uh, per- firsthand validated this, but the only country in the world that sells cannabis in the supermarket is North Korea. And they supposedly sell it like a vegetable, like kale or collards or spinach. And I thought that was amazing and also pretty eye-opening that that's really how we could look at this or should look at this. Wow. Wow. I have to admit that I never, ever came across that. Um, You just kind of set me off on a new path. There you go. Well, again, it's hard to get people to personally, you know, say I've been in North Korea and I've seen cannabis. (laughs) <laughs> right, but, so I know that's a challenging one to validate. But I can't still, wait the, to start digging in. Cool. Yeah, the idea is great, and and for me, I you know I'm passionate about. I'm an anthropologist, so I'm a big. You know, my background's in in, in traditional cultures and diets. So I love this approach to, you know, looking at all the you know previous uses in in, in cultural foods. This mm-hmm. is what got me excited into probiotics. Uh, yeah many years ago was it wasn't just a probiotic supplement in the medicinary or in the, in the vitamin store in a bottle. Uh, it was, oh, wait, every culture pretty much had a fermented food uh-huh. or cultural food. And that's what got me really excited about using the microorganisms and probiotics as, you know, through food as medicine. And I think that cannabis mm-hmm. to me is it's one of my passions is, is using it as a food as medicine more so than just uh, you know, a uh, highly processed, isolated compound of sorts. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and you know that's really how it has been used down throughout the ages, and and you know I think you know in two very different ways as well. So you know you really had uh, movements uh, where people were you know they used it for the psychoactive. They were really that's what they were kind of extracting for, or cooking for. Whether you know, and then you also had it where they were using it for the nutritional value with you know more the hemp side, right? So um, so you had you know really a, a, a whole realm of different ways that this could be used as, as well. So it's almost like you're, you're looking in a way at two different plants. One is, you know, really the superfood and the other as definitely more of a, of a substance that was used in ritually and, you know, for, um, you know, for head stuff as opposed yeah. to body stuff. Well, I think they just found a, a recent discovery of like ancient China yeah. of some first uses of it as smoked herbs, which you can imagine in a bowl, the leaves are dry, they smoke them, they're inhaling them, it's spiritual, right. it's probably medicinal as well, helping them with pain or whatever else is going on. Or, right. um, I think that's amazing. I, I was excited to meet uh, Dr. Melanie Drary many years ago, uh, who had done significant research in Jamaica from a cultural perspective back mm-hmm. in the 70s and found that, oh, yeah, you know, it was part of the culture. It was drinking as a beverage. It was, yeah. you know, and even the studies of the children and the babies and that were raised, you know, using cannabis, they, they many of them showed higher IQs and higher, you know, uh, productivity mm-hmm. and functionality than those that didn't. So it wasn't this reefer madness and you know, all this propaganda that this is the, this evil plant, this evil herb, and, and it does all this harm. And I think it's really important to, to take all that away and start to really show this is just another gift of nature. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, really one of the most, you know, profound gifts, I believe. I think that's, that's the, the, the cruelty almost here is that that was taken away from people for so long because it was doing so good in so many different areas, you know. And pretty much um, every, almost every culture had some element of it. Um, and some, not all of them got rid of it. You know, in India, bong, which is the drink that they make out of cannabis, um, you know, remained quietly legal 
while the U.S. was making, you know, everybody, um, you know, put prohibition in place. Um, you know, in, in, in places like, uh, you know, Indonesia, um, it was still used quietly as a food seasoning, um, you know, and, and pretty much, you know, allowed to happen. So uh, a lot of, you know, there may have been, you know, the cultures may have said, okay, fine, you know, we'll ban smoking or whatnot. Um, but a lot of them, it was too valuable to the cultural fabric to let go. So they just kind of quietly kept on using it, um, you know, even though the United States was saying that they shouldn't. Right. Again, it's the big uh, U.S. You know, rule of law. Yeah. And even the World Health Organization, I think, just came out and said, we made a mistake. Yeah. You know, we, shouldn't have, we shouldn't have put this plan on the list. You know, there's so many more, especially on the Schedule 1 list. I mean, come on. We're talking about, you know, we're, you know amphetamines and massive, you know, serious synthetic drugs being compared to a plant that you can grow in your backyard and throw on a salad, you know, or, or mix right. up. So. Well, and then, you know, it won't even, if you eat it raw, it won't get you high. You know, I mean, I think that's the whole thing here, too. It's, it's you know, we're, what are we, what are, what is illegal here that? I mean, it's just, you no, know, it's, and, all, and, it's and all That's weird. a big part of it, too. I mean, Dr. Courtney's, you know, right. uh, and, yeah. and those are, I'm friends with them, and, and they, you know, the raw plant, the raw juicing, I think that's one of my passions. I've done that in my practice. Mm -hmm. I've had people get out of wheelchairs by following some basic protocols that were a little bit more basic. I'll just keep it that way, more according to the plant in, in its natural form. And I think that we'll see more of that as we move forward. There's some uh, court cases here in Florida that have been fighting for those rights. And you know, I think one of the things that I, I was just at a couple of conferences, and one of the things that caught my attention was we need to address this plant legally differently uh, when it comes to everyone's concern with THC. It, it should be what's in a product at consumption, mm. not what's in the plant during growing from the field, even in, even in processing, you know, it should be what reaches the end user. Is that in a safe limit? Is that a responsible product? Just like anything else. I think that like we have a lot of, I have a lot of hemp farmer friends and they go out there now, they're planting their seed and they're like, well, it may have a little bit higher THC in the, in the field or when you test it, but if I'm going to extract it and make CBD and products, I'll make sure it has less than 0.3% THC in it. Mm -hmm. So why should I have my whole field burned right. at this stage when we can do stuff to make this work and this plant is a lot of value. So I, and there's a lot of these nuances. And I think, again, it's a very young industry yeah. still, even though we come with, uh, as, you, as you know from your book and, and research, uh, 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 thousands of years of, of cultural use, but mm -hmm. this new emergence is still young and infantile and trying to figure out, you know, where we're going. So I think it's exciting. So stay, stay with us. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, my guests say Robin Griggs Lawrence. We're going to talk about more about cannabis, cooking with cannabis, more about this new book, uh, Pot and Pan. So we're going to take a quick break. This is Doc Rob, your concierge for better living here at Cannabis Radio. Be right back. The Concierge for Better Living will continue in a moment. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. 
SmartPots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, SmartPots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? SmartPots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million SmartPots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for SmartPots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we are back having a wonderful conversation once again with author and health expert and, you know, just cannabis advocate, Robin Griggs Lawrence. And, you know, one of the things I, I saw, Robin, on your new book, uh, Pot and Pans, A History of Eating Cannabis, is your uh, forward by someone I have a lot of respect for. And, you know, you see a lot of these books right now. I think there's a couple dozen books with Mishulam as a forward. Um, but Chris Killam, you know, is one of the top herbalists in the world, uh, botanical experts. I have a lot of respect for Chris, uh, you know, and um, what, you know, what drew, you're talking about cooking, you're talking about cannabis. What, what drew you to, to Chris as part of the, as the forward? Um, well, you know, Chris has been a, a good friend for a very long time, someone I've done a lot of traveling with and working with. Um, and he actually worked with me really closely on my first book, or my first book in cannabis, the Cannabis Kitchen Cookbook. Um, so we just have a really great, long um, wonderful relationship. And um, I was thrilled when he said he would write the foreword to this because, you know, really, uh, he, he, you know, as you say, he is one of the, you know, most renowned ethnobotanists that we have today. And, um, you know, um, he's taught me a ton. We've worked together a ton. And it's just, you know, it's, it's just always a thrill to, um, to get to work with him again. I hope to be doing it for the rest of my career. But yeah. um, He's awesome. And, and he's not, he's not a, uh, let's say, a, a scholar ethnobotanist. He is a right. down and dirty guy. He is in the jungle. Yes, he is. And I love that about him. It's like, you know, that's, yes. I, I'm envious on some of those trips. Some oh, of them man. so much. Yes. Some of them not so much. Some of them a little bit scared, you know. I've been in a couple of them with him, yeah. <laughs> he's out there in the field. He's out there doing it. And, and that's the stuff I love. And, yes. and that's the stuff that, you know, even in this case. So let's get from the field and mm -hmm. let's go into the kitchen now. So okay. I love what you said that, you know, the raw plant, I don't like using the word psychoactive because it's mm -hmm. misused all the time, but we do know that when the plant is raw, you know, you do not get that euphoric or high or disorienting feeling. And some people are looking for it and some mm -hmm. people are not. And yes. I think that's something that we have to identify. One of the questions I get with cooking a lot um, is dosing. You know, especially a lot of people are now. I mean, I'm a big fan. I had, you know, Garen Angel on a couple of times. Love the magical mm -hmm. butter machine. Right. You know, um, need to get a new one, get some new molds and some new one eventually. But, you know, 
everyone comes back to the dosing. Mm-hmm. I mean, thankfully, you can do a little bit too much. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. But how do you address the dosing when you're talking about culinary experiences? Um, well, you know, uh, start low and go slow has been a mantra <laughs> in Colorado for you know a good decade now, right? Um, and that came about because uh, we got, you know, in Colorado, we got a, a lot of black eyes, really. Um, you know, there was in, in 2015, right, 2014, right when uh, all of a sudden the food was a thing, uh, nobody really knew how to dose it. And there were bad, people had bad experiences. And, you know, the good news is it's physically impossible to die. But if you've ever eaten too much cannabis food, you feel like you are dying and you kind of want to. It's awful. It's a terrible, terrible thing to have happen to people. So it's, you know, no doubt that it got us kind of some bad publicity there. Um, And I think, you know, I think Colorado did a very good job of addressing it and putting education out there. And I think really all of the... um, the, the companies knew that they had to, right? So, so we have in Colorado, it's, you know, we, they've established that 10 milligrams of THC is a, basically the standard dose. Um, and that would be similar to the intoxication level of, say, uh, you know, beer or a glass of wine. And that's really, really crucial. And they put now regulations in place so that people really truly understand it and don't make a mistake and eat an entire 100 milligram candy bar thinking that that's fine. So I think education has been really crucial here. It's a little bit harder for the home cook, right? Because uh, you don't always know what is the, how, how much THC, how much CBD is in the cannabis that you are using to cook with. Um, Unless you've bought it from a dispensary that tests and gives you those test results, you really are kind of working blind. And so, you know, this is actually something I learned from Chris Killam is, you know, bioassay is what you, with the ethnobotanists call it. And it's, it's basically, you need to test on yourself uh, before. So, you know, basically what I am, um, recommend to everybody is that when you make a new batch of oil or butter or a tincture or whatever it is that you're planning to use as your raw ingredient that you're going to cook with, you need to test that. And you need to test that with um, probably a bite, you know, a little bit the first time, probably the size of your thumb. That's, you know, generally what I like to kind of use it. And, and, you know, and then you need to to test it and you need to wait. And if nothing happens, um, you know, you the, the biggest mistake that people make is that they go, oh, no, nothing happened. I waited a half an hour and they take more. Oh, yeah. And then it comes on, right? And then they've got, you know, and it's not only a double whammy, it's exponential, right? It's like, like 15 times. So, you know, they have to wait. And if it didn't, you know, if you didn't get the big buzz you were expecting or whatever, then next, then tomorrow try again with, you know, half a thumb more again. But it's, it's always, you know, the, the thing that we're just always, always, always emphasizing is uh, go slow, you know, go low. Uh, you can always try again tomorrow. You know, you can always eat more another day, but you, if you eat too much, you cannot take that back. And it's a miserable experience. And, you know, I've been through it with a couple of people who, uh, you know, haven't heeded the advice and you, you know, all you can do is really sit and hold their hand and let them know that it will pass. Um, yeah. You know, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, with, with, with the THC product, I mean, it's happened to the best of us. Um, yeah. And yeah. 
and, and that's and CBD it's a little bit harder to have uh, more of that overdosing feeling it's, uh, yeah you definitely don't have a lay on the floor and think you're gonna die thing but, 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 but I, anxiety and stuff too of course and, but some yeah. people also with the THC they do happen to eat too much and feel a little too overwhelmed you know even a CBD tincture or something fast-acting mm-hmm. CBD uh, often helps to uh, reduce that effect right. uh, in a lot of people so I just want to share that with people too yeah. if you happen to eat an edible that has too much or you didn't realize it and you got too a little too whacked out as they say uh if you have a cbd only product uh try or especially a vape or a tincture something fast acting that may help to reduce the the intoxication effect and make you feel a little better quicker um mm-hmm. but just to point that out i've used that a bunch of times but even now i'm seeing a lot more products in the edible space um, one of the companies I work with, uh, Mood 33 out in California, mm-hmm. you know, it's a sparkling beverage that has a total of, let's say, 10 milligrams in a bottle. Uh, mm-hmm. And compared to a couple of years ago when it was 100 milligrams in a bottle. Yeah. And so people didn't realize that you're not supposed to drink the whole bottle like a can of, like a bottle of Coke. Right. You're supposed to sip on it. Yeah. Uh, now well, we're yeah. getting more, more involved where companies like Mood 33 are making more lifestyle-friendly yeah. social levels of, of consumption. And, and you can have a bottle or two even on a night out, like a couple of bottles of beer right. or glasses okay. of wine. And so Correct. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think you know, the, the states where it's been legal a little bit longer – um, are evolving to that. You know, I'm, I'm actually right now in Michigan. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm finding, I have, you know, friends who are showing me that they, they buy, um, you know, for, you can buy a 150 milligram, you know, one dose cookie. Um, so, so so they haven't, you know, right here, they're still working it out. They're still trying to get to that, to that place. You know, to me, that just is like, what? I mean, it's it's shocking. I think it was a 500 milligram chocolate bar in Vegas. But that was specifically for medical patients only. It was not part of their rec. And it was for someone that was really having, you know, maybe a terminal cancer or something major that wanted a higher dose. So I I like to keep the options available, but I think it requires a lot of uh, education, like you said, and awareness and and maturity of an industry. you know, definitely something that, especially when you talk about maybe what's in the store is going to be a little bit more managed, but home cooks or some of these, uh, what I'm seeing now is a lot of cannabis infused dinner parties and people aren't making it to either the entree or the dessert because (laughs) the appetizer was potentized so much that they're not even enjoying the dinner event. And so we have to learn that it's a cumulative effect and, you know, sometimes our, 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 our arrogance gets the best of us. So, oh, I could take that. I could consume that. Sure. Well, and I think too with those dinners, it's, it's there's there's often alcohol involved, and that exacerbates things and makes everything different, right? Oh, yeah. So you know, so many times in the entertainment space, um, you have to really be aware of that because again, it's not just um, a doubling effect. It's a big exponential. Everything changes. So I think that's something we've got to keep you know, kind of um, be aware of as well. All of the mitigating factors that also come in here, you know, when, when you're, when you're feeding people, you know, there's, there's also, there's their set and setting, right? You know, what, where, what headspace did they come in with? What else are they eating? If they're eating something that's super fatty, um, it's going to be more potent because, uh, you know, um, THC and CBD are fat soluble. So, you know, all of these different things come into play. And so that we, you know, we get very fixated on milligrams of THC or CBD, but, you know, we also have to realize it's a great big kind of confusing picture. So there's, there's many things to look at rather than just, you know, definitely start with 
keeping your, you know, cannabinoid level as low as you think you need to, but they're, you know, also realize that there's other things coming in here too. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, we're gonna take one more break. We'll come back and talk a little bit more, a little bit more about this awesome new book. Uh, don't go anywhere. I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm getting hungry. But uh, <laughs> this is Doc Rob, your concierge for better living uh, with Robin Griggs Lawrence. And we'll be right back after this quick break. The concierge for better living will continue in a moment. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. The National Cannabis Industry Association's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo returns to San Jose, California's McInerney Convention Center July 22nd through the 24th. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com and take part in the most influential, award-winning cannabis conference and trade show hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo offers attendees three days of engagement and interactive programs. Arrive early so you can participate in our pre-conference workshops and off-site tours. Join hundreds upon hundreds of exhibitors and thousands upon thousands of attendees at NCIA's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, July 22nd to the 24th in San Jose, California. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. That's CannabisBusinessSummit.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living. Only on CannabisRadio.com And we are back once again. We're going to wrap up this amazing interview today with author extraordinaire uh robin Riggs lawrence we're going to talk about I, I think we need to do a book together at some point i got a couple of ideas nice. but, you, cool. but you're probably so busy and running around but uh no there's so much information that needs to get out there so many different perspectives um and i love again taking the, the historical cultural you know aspect of it you know culinary aspect of it i think it's a great perspective to let people understand uh it's not about just stoners smoking joints on the corner you know that, that's not what this plant's all about and there's a for me there's always a social component I, i'm a big believer in you know food brings us together food is what community was based upon it was you grow this i grow that you know we'll all make it through this next year together you know sharing and and celebrating what we do have, not what we don't. And I think we've lost a lot of that uh, with the 
uh, industrialized food industry and through just the convenience factor. But sometimes sitting down, cooking a meal, sh- breaking bread, sharing a meal with people, enjoying that uh, is really something special. And, and, and you know, whether it be the, the, the term potluck is having a whole new meaning these days. But, um, <laughs> But I'm glad you brought this this book out. So, what are some of the other takeaways? Or you know, I know people you said is it's available on ebook as well. It is available on ebook as well. Yes. Okay, I know that's a lot more popular. I know my ebook, The Cannabis okay. Conundrum, is 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 up still, doing pretty well. I see a lot of these books out there. But we got to keep promoting. You know, just people reading more and learning more about cannabis as a whole. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I think really, you know, for any company in this space, education has got to, you know, it's got to be a part of your mission, you know, at this point in the industry, because, you know, that's just, we're, we're so new. Yeah. And so, you know, we have so many years of propaganda to undo. So it's not even like we're starting from zero. We're starting from way less than zero. We're starting from so much stigma and so much misinformation and propaganda. So it's like, we have to, you know, we have to do it triple time because just to make up for, you know, where we're coming from, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, I tell you all the time, I mean, uh, tobacco, I'm not, I don't have a problem with the plant. I have a problem mm-hmm. with the tobacco industry. Okay. I have no problem with the cannabis plant. I am concerned about how this industry is going to unfold and utilize it. Absolutely. And that's what people need to understand. It's not just the plant that's to blame. It's how individuals right. and, and the corporations and, and science can manipulate it. And mm-hmm. you know, this is where we have to really start to focus on. And I think if people get a better understanding of where we come from and how this plan has been used yeah. for so long, maybe we'll have a little bit different respect and appreciation for it going forward. And, uh, and that's really important. I, I, I need to believe that. Yeah, we got it. We got it. We got to be <laughs> believers in that. Really so for, for our listeners and fellow believers out there, uh, what are some websites or resources they can track you down and learn more about this book and other stuff you've been working on? Uh, well, my personal website is robingriggslawrence.com, and it's Robin with a Y. Um, I'm also on Instagram at cannabis underscore kitchen. So kind of keep a, you know, profile there what's going on um cannabis kitchen cookbook.com is the cookbook uh website and i also post uh you know when i develop recipes i'm posting them there things like that um so yes that's uh that's kind of where i am at least at the moment I love it. I love it. And obviously traveling a lot. I know I, I'm involved yeah. in Michigan as well. I, okay. I see that as a big merging market. I work oh, with a, a nice nonprofit, My Compassion up there. And spectacular. Yeah, yeah we do it. We're, we're they're excited a, here. Yeah, really? we're playing a big 420 event. We did a 420 event up there in Michigan at, at uh, uh, Soaring Eagle Casino this past year. And we're doing wow. another one uh, in 2020. It's going to be probably triple the size because we had such a great first year attendance. Um, but I, I like Michigan as a market. I love the farmers out there. Um, I, again, this country in general has such potential and possibility. Um, I was just in New York uh, mm-hmm. and I love, you know, meeting with all the hemp farmers and cannabis yeah. people up there in New York state where I'm from. And that's yeah. another emerging market. Hopefully today the governor makes a major play and, and legalizes recreational adult use cannabis for New York. That yeah. would be huge. Because uh, I want to celebrate Illinois, where I used to live in Chicago. The yes, done. And, you know, again, it's just great to see all these different states. And, and Arizona's hemp program is taking off now, and Florida's okay. pro- hemp and cannabis programs are emerging and growing. And I just got the draft uh, legislation for the hemp program here in Florida to review. Wow. So there's a lot of cool stuff happening. I'm so excited to have you back on the show. Thanks again for taking the time. Great for to be here. Great there. to talk to you. Check out the books. Check out Robin's recipes. I we gotta do a dinner party. We gotta do some fun oh, stuff yeah. together soon. I love uh, it. 
we'll have to follow up afterwards. Thank you again, Robin, for being on the show. Thank you for all the people at Cannabis Radio for making this show happen. And all you listeners and followers out there, please send in your questions, your comments. Follow us on Instagram. And, and you know, this is just a, another happy day. I appreciate you all. Uh, this is Doc Rob, your concierge for better living. Wishing everyone all the best in health and happiness. Be well. Take care. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.